Matt Stepp, the word on the street is that you're the new Riz King. Do you care to comment? You know, Livy did Riz me up. Tep and Step, your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I am the Tep Greg Tupper. And I'm a Step, Matt Step. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football subscriber. We do appreciate you. We love you. We think you're you're we think you're great. And welcome Two to, thumbs up from me. Yeah, exactly right. Um, welcome to week four of the Texas high school football season. We're here. We made it. This is the, the, the vaunted week four, and by which we mean there's, there's just a bunch of buys. Yeah, you know, I, <laughs> I said this on Twitter yesterday during uh, during the Cowboys, uh, you know, nip and tuck win over the New York Giants. Yeah, real, real, uh, real, real, barn, one, real yeah. barn burner affair, back and forth, yeah. anybody's ball game. Uh, that, that this week and week six are big bye weeks in the world of Texas high school football. Mm-hmm. It's every year. This is just normal stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of, of eight-team districts, which eight, especially in 5A and 6A, a lot of your eight-team districts, districts are on by this week. I'd say about 60% of them are on by. Um, and then what will happen week six is the other 40% who weren't on by this week are probably off week six, plus all the six-team districts in 4A, 3A, and 2A, and I'm sure 1A as well, are off week six as well. So week six is the other – Real big bye week. So, yeah. and the really big you know, bye week in six man football. There's a big bye week in week eight because yeah, a lot, lot of four team districts. districts. Yeah, so right. so you know we we this is normal stuff. So this week is a little thinner slate than usual, but we'll mm-hmm. we'll trudge through it. I think eight of the twenty five teams in the six A top twenty five are idle. So about a third of the six A teams are on by this week. This is your week. For preview edition of Tep and Step, we do thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber. Coming up here in just a moment, Step and I are going to relive a heart-stopping, game-changing, chest-thumping week 4-3 of Texas high school football before we get to our week 4 draft. It was a good week. It was entertaining. But first, Matthew, we will start as we always do. With your Texas high school football fun fact of the week presented by Country Meats. Mm, we love you, Country Meats. Sweet, clean Country Meats. Special shout out to our sponsor, Country Meats. They handcraft delicious, healthier snacks that help groups and teams easily raise money with 12 delicious flavors to choose from. Reach your fundraising goals fast and order yours at countrymeats.com. Use that discount code STEP10 for 10% off your first order. That's discount code STEPP10 at checkout at countrymeats.com. Countrymeats.com. They didn't give me a promo code. That's right. Hey, I'm going to Florida next week for my big boy job. Mm-hmm. I plan on stopping by the Country Meats complex and seeing Mr. Con- seeing Mr. Country Meats. Mr. Hand- Meats? Yes, Mr. Meats. I'm going to watch him handcraft Country He's Meats. He's going to be standing there and be like, oh, Matthew, it's good yes, to see you. Yes. I was just here handcrafting a delicious meat snack. That's right. That's mm, right. I'm going to go you. see Mr. Meat. Thank you, Mr. Meats. And thank you, Country Meats. Matt Step, your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. What a ridiculous visual that is. <laughs> Your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. What UIL 11-man team has played or what – 
how do I want to phrase this? What team has the highest strength of schedule right now Ooh. of any team in Texas high school football? That is the combined record mm-hmm. of all mm-hmm. of their opponents, both current and future. Oh, oh, okay. Not not just through three weeks. I believe this is correct. Yes, that okay. sounds right. Oh, that's tough. If it was current, I would say Mejia. Because Mejia played Wake O'Connelly, Franklin, and uh, China Spring to open the season. That is which pretty seems good. Pretty, pretty tough. That is pretty good. Um, Mejia. Yeah, I'll say Mejia. I'll just go with Mejia just for. It's not know. Mejia because I guess their 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 district is kind of getting whomped. I got right. Mountain Cough in there, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, Matthew, the answer is the 0 and 3 Round Rock Dragons. Because they have played Pflugerville Weiss, three and zero, San Antonio Reagan, three and zero, Cedar Park, two and one. Every team on their schedule, so every team in District Twenty Five Six A besides them, is two and one or three and zero. Westwood's three and zero, Vandegrift's three and zero, Vista Ridge is three and zero. Stony Point, Maynard, McNeil, and Cedar Ridge, all two and one. So they have a combined strength of schedule right now of twenty-five and five. Jeez. Okay, that's pretty good. That is uh, the toughest good. schedule. Next is Tyler Legacy, then Nederland, then Hubbard are your four toughest schedules. So there you have it. Your week four Texas high school football fun fact of the week. All right, Matthew, let's do a little bit of lightning round of looking back on the on week three of the Texas high school football season. So, so here's what we're going to do. We're just going to go back over the games that we picked. Okay. You good with that? I'm great with that, yeah. We'll start. We drafted Wimberley and Brock. Thursday night game turned mm-hmm. out to be great. Uh, Wim- I thought Wimberley was going to kind of run away from it. I thought they were, too. I Credit was watching to Brock. that early on, uh, and then I was like, uh-oh. Like Wimberley, 14 nothing right yeah. out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Credit to Brock. They hung in there um, and made it a game, and Wimberley you know, pulled away late. But, uh, you know, 35-27, very competitive ball game. I think both teams walk away feeling pretty good about things. I think things. Brock's got to feel pretty good. We, and spoiler alert. finally got the offense kind of going exactly a little bit. Yeah. The finally offense, got their offense. The offense had been stuck in the mud the first two weeks, and, like – you know, it's in a losing effort, but they mm-hmm. finally got that thing kind of unstuck. Yeah. And it felt like they got a little bit of, of, of push there. So I think for, for them, they, they feel pretty good. How about Klein Collins and Humble Summer Creek? Ooh, Summer uh, Creek made a statement. I think I'm in on Summer Creek. Uh, 34-0 win. That was pretty – Kenny Harrison's ball club uh, made a big statement in the Houston area. <laughs> 21-6A is just going to be brutal. It and is. You got, you got four teams this week in the top 25. It is. Like, it is yeah. brutal. It is going to be tough. And by the way, their schedule, they get an open date. Week 7, they're at North Shore, and then they close out week 10 and 11, CE King and Tascacita, yeah. back-to-back. Yeah. It is brutal yeah. into that district. Uh, we also drafted DeSoto and South Oak Cliff. Yeah, so I was at this game, uh, extracurriculars off the field notwithstanding. Uh, I'll say this about DeSoto. That first 24 minutes of the game was among the most dominant halves of football I've ever seen. So you all know, DeSoto won 54-14. to The game was called with about six minutes left due to a disturbance in the bleachers on the DeSoto mm-hmm. side. Um you know, it was just a fight, but someone apparently yelled out there was a gun, and everybody mm-hmm. panicked. And unfortunately, in today's world, that's just what we have to live with, sadly. 
Um, the ISD security did a great job. They had metal detectors. Nobody had a gun in the stadium, and no, probably nobody had a gun, period, but someone yelled out gun, and that just made everyone freak out. Um, on the field, DeSoto led 47 nothing at halftime. That's right. It was 47 to nothing at the half. It was, Other than missing two PATs, DeSoto scored all seven times they had the ball in the first half and scored quickly in a lot of cases. Uh, South Oak Cliff quarterback Will Little got knocked out on the third play of the game. Uh, I think he's okay, though. I think, you know, don't want to speculate what the injury was, but he did not return. And DeSoto's defense, you know, forced three and out after three and out after three and out, would get the ball back, and DeSoto would score within a few plays. DJ we, Bailey was on point. He's incredible. Yeah, it was just a thorough, as impressive a performance as I've ever seen from DeSoto. And we dropped South Oak Cliff out of the rankings. Yeah, um, they got completely annihilated. Yeah. And it's just tough. When, you get, when you're down 47 nothing at halftime, even – Against DeSoto, a six A school, it's you, they're not, they got you know they they got, they'll have a chance to earn their way back. They got Parish Episcopal this week. That's a really good team. I think Sockley back in the rankings, but right now, that's it's you know it's hard to put them in the, hard to justify them even though being two time state champs being ranked, considering how bad they were beaten on Saturday. I'd put this one in the same category as we would Wimberley and Brock of like both teams come out feeling pretty good. Um, Cuero and Yoakum. Agree. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I, I thought Yoakum acquitted themselves very well. Got beat, obviously, in that battle of DeWitt County. But I thought that – I think Yoakum probably comes out there and be like, yeah, you know what, that's a state rank. That's a top five team in a division above us. Yeah, like, cool. we're feeling go- okay about that. Yoakum stayed in the rankings because – I think Yoakum mm-hmm. – talking about tough districts, 12-3A Division One, Columbus, Hitchcock, Yoakum, Hallettsville. Mm-hmm. It's going to be tough. Yeah. Wolforth Friendship and Lubbock Monterey. I think in a losing effort, Lubbock Monterey walks away going, man, we, we got something we here. I actually talked to Judd Thrash. They played Thursday. Talked to Judd Thrash Friday, and he said they felt like they really should have won the game. They let it slip away. Credit to hit friendship. They got it done offensively. Uh, uh, Hutchison had a huge Hudson game. Hutchison. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to nominate him as potential. I want to put him on our watch list for got that dog in him. Yeah, if I get to a friendship game, he's probably going to be uh, a guy who's got that dog in him. He, he had a huge game. Monterey goes from 0-10. They're 2-1 and and really should be 3-0 playing a 6A team. Love it, Monterey is a team to watch. Friendship, offensively, you know what they're going to do. That defense is going to have to get fixed if they want to do, do anything in the 6A playoff. So. I took Abilene and Midland Legacy, and, um, boy, give a lot of credit to Legacy. That was a thorough and impressive performance. They went to Shotwell and beat Abilene High, a good Abilene High team, forty-eight seventeen. Yeah, um, and that's just you know they moved up five spots in the rankings this week. Uh, they got something this week. Now they got they have, they have another really tough one this week that I'm sure we may talk about. Mm-hmm. But Midland Legacy for now is is justifying their spot in the top twenty-five. Galena Park North Shore and Spring Westfield. I would I have I need to go back and listen to it, but I think that we talked about how there was a chance that this could get ugly and. Yeah. Um, it did. It got ugly. It was 31-9 at halftime. Uh, North Shore, you know, cruises to a 45-9 victory. Just knew what. Just didn't think Westfield had the offense to keep up, and, and they didn't. They don't. I mean, that. Yeah, yeah the Westfield offense is a problem. But I'll tell you, North Shore, North Shore looking pretty good. Uh, Timpson and Dangerfield. <laughs> as I put on, as I said on on Bally and I put on Twitter, Kerry Thurwanger did the one weird trick to win a football yeah. game. <laughs> you know, we, we got Terry Bussey over, and I I had gotten word. I think I put it in the Slack on Wednesday that that Bussey was going to play. Mm-hmm. Um, I was asked to keep that under my hat. I shared it internally, but I don't mm-hmm. even think I maybe I hinted at it on the pod last week. But uh, Bussey did play. Now the plan was originally to just play Bussey at receiver. And kind of ease him back in. You know, he was he's been out with the torn meniscus. He hadn't played, missed a state track meet. Um, 
hadn't played. It's like we're going to play him. I was told 20 plays. Get know, him up to game speed. 10 on offense, 10 on defense. Let him run a few routes. Let him let him play a little safety. Get a, get a couple hits in, you know. And J.J. Garner, who had, you know, Bussy's cousin, who had been playing quarterback, got got cramped up on the last mm-hmm. drive of the game, Didn't pl- uh, couldn't go. It's 27 up, right? 26 up. 26 up, yeah. Yeah, I'll just put the guy who won Mr. Texas football last year back in the game at quarterback. <laughs> that to, is natural position. Yeah, to quarterback. And, uh, yeah, he led him on a game-winning drive to win the game. He had and, one uh, big boy throw, and then he yeah. ran for the game-winning touchdown. Yeah, and so now D- Dangerfield, let, let's, you know, mm-hmm. transparency here. Dangerfield quarterback Chase Johnson did not play in this game. Mm-hmm. He was involved in a car accident earlier in the week. Uh, all indications are he's okay, a little banged up, bruised up, that kind of thing. Probably not going to play this week. Precautionary, you know, when you, when you get in a car wreck, you're bruised up, you're banged up. Playing in a football game mm-hmm. a week and a half after is probably not yes. good for that kid's health. So I think Coach uh, Coach Nelson and the staff are going to hold him out another week. Uh, but thankfully, no broken bones, nothing, nothing internal. So thank, and I thought they, I thought they acquitted themselves well. Again, that's another yeah, against, game where I feel like a they top come ten team. Good. Yeah. So uh, credit credit to Dangerfield for hanging in there. Timpson is at who we thought they were. They are yeah. a great team. Now here's the one where I want to know what you think. North Crowley and Lovejoy. This is a really choose-your-own-narrative game out of this. Yeah, so I watched this game, and for the first, I'd say, 20 minutes of this football game, Lovejoy kicked North, North Crowley's butt up and down mm-hmm. the field. It was, you know, 20-7, to seven, I believe. Mm-hmm. And North Crowley hit a long pass right before halftime down to the five-yard line. And then lightning happened, which mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of lightning happened Friday night in the, in the North, North Texas area. They go in for 30 minutes or so, maybe even an hour. They were delayed. They come back out. North Crowley scores right right there, makes it 20 to 15. And basically from that point on, North Crowley scores 28 points in a row and rolls to a 43-20 win. So I think that speaks really well to North Crowley handling some adversity on the road. They, they got off the bus. They got off a little, a little sluggish. Lovejoy punched him in the mouth, and North Crowley responded. So I think if you're North Crowley, you're feeling really good about things. If you're Lovejoy, man, it's you, such a it's such a hung jury. You gotta bottle up what you did the first twenty minutes of the half and put that together for full a full forty. If you do that, you can play with anyone. But can they do that? They they did it for twenty minutes, and that's that's twenty more minutes than they have in the past. But mm-hmm. they gotta bottle that up and, and find a way to to have that for a full forty eight, and then they can be they can be dangerous. Just a, it was such a that's a hard result to read, honestly. Yeah, um, and then finally. El Paso Eastwood and El Paso Pebble Hills put on a put on a a stormer, forty nine forty two. Eastwood comes away with the win and takes command of District One Six A. That's a great win for Julio Julio Lopez's bunch. Agree. That is their offense is as advertised, man. And Julio Lopez has a great offense at Eastwood. What a, what a surprise! Pebble Hills is really good as well. Told you Eastwood's a tough place to go play. I heard that was a rocking environment out in the Sun City. Uh, Friday night, I think uh, local TV stations had like kind of a college game day mm-hmm. type type deal going on there. So it was a it was a big deal out there. It was huge. Yeah, and a great win for Eastwood. It's now time for anything else from week three. Uh, let, you, you want to talk about Edna or Furio real quick? I, I, yeah. So so we from a ranking standpoint, this is something we we, we I don't think we talked about it, but so Edna and Refurio played last week. Edna top top five in three A Division One. Refurio number two in two A Division One, and Edna goes to Refurio on the road and loses to Refurio 42-41 to 41 in yes. double overtime. Now, there was some controversy in this game. I'm not sure if you heard about it. Mm-hmm. Um, the new overtime rules caused the officiating crew some issues. 
They got it wrong. So the new overtime rules are: first overtime, you go, you score a touchdown, you can go for one or for two, mm-hmm. or you can kick a field goal if you can, if you know. But you, yeah. If you can score a touchdown, you, you can go, go for go one or two. You have you have your choice. OT number two, if you score a touchdown in OT number two, two you got to go for two. Yes. And then, and then it's trading. And two then point overtime three and beyond, it's trading two point conversions. First overtime, Refurio fumbles and throws an interception. On to the second overtime. On to the second overtime. Well, actually, uh, Edna fumbled first. Refurio threw the interception. So Edna got the ball first in yeah. the first overtime. Second overtime, you flip it. Refurio gets the ball first. Refurio goes down, scores a touchdown, kicks the PAT, <laughs> makes it forty-two to thirty-five. Edna head coach Jimmy Mitchell before the PAT protested vehemently about this. Mm-hmm. Said Refurio has to go for two. Mm-hmm. They should go for two. They didn't. Edna scores a touchdown. Edna, to my understanding, chooses to go for two. Now, they could have kicked the PAT. Yes. It would have been an incorrect it ruling. It would have been an incorrect application of the rules. Yes, but Edna chose to go for two in the win anyway. Yes. And they didn't get it. Refurio wins 42-41. Now, the rule reads, you can kick a PAT in the second overtime. You can kick yes. one. It just counts for zero points. Uh, yeah, it's like kneeling. It's like kneeling. So the rules read it should have been 41-41. They should have gone to a third overtime. But they didn't. The refs credit a referee of the 42-41. It's a non-district game. In yeah. the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. Thank God this didn't happen in a playoff game. Oh, my God. Could I mean, there would be, there'd be, a, there'd be a protest. Like, li- literally, oh, they would file and, a protest at UIL. I would wonder what the UIL would do in yeah. that case. Because I, I think we, we if that happened in a playoff game, it is not out of the realm of possibility that they would have to come back and yes. finish that. They'd replay it. They would have to not, not the game, the they, overtime yeah, period. They, the they overtime would period. they would say this game's tied. Yep, overtime number three. 30, and you're we, we, two we would have. Could, could you imagine having to go back on a Monday? Yeah, and and trade and drive however long, and trade a round or two two point conversions to advance in the playoffs. I can't even imagine. God, thank God that was non district. It's non district, so it doesn't I, you matter. Know what's, you know what's so funny? But and was pretty pissed about what's it. What's so funny is that I was on TV, and that was one of our spotlight games. One of our spotlight games, and I saw a forty-two forty-one final in over, and I was like, "Oh, they won in the first overtime." Because I just saw like, "Oh, they just won the first overtime," mm-hmm. and it wasn't until you sent me, like, we were talking about the rankings, and you, and it came across, and it said, "Oh, hey, like Edna won, you know, Edna lost in double overtime," and I was like, "Oh, step, like, this must be like a." Like a, a misprint, typo yeah, or something. Uh-huh. It's like no, like that. It wasn't until then that I realized. Oh wait, they did. They did. They screwed up. And yeah, look. I mean, in the end, Refurio should feel really good about the win, and Edna should feel pretty good about the the p- performance. Yeah, I think they both got what they wanted out of it. But yeah, it's uh, yeah. Thankfully, it didn't happen in a playoff game. Never, never boring Texas high school football. It's now time for our week. For draft, if this is your first episode of Tep and Step, welcome. Here's how it works. Step and I go back and forth selecting Texas high school football games we are most interested in this week. Uh, once it's picked, it's off the board. Uh, we go five rounds, and then we'll round it all out with our hipster game of the week. Did a coin flip for the show. I won the coin flip, which means I get the first pick this week. Lucky Dang me. It. Because I, it is, it is a good week. It's, it's a better week in some parts of the state than others. So, for example, um, Houston. There's a few. There's a couple, but it's not as deep as it normally is. It's kind of butt. I was going to say it's kind of butt. Uh, but there's other places where it's an excellent week. 
That includes North Texas because mm-hmm. Matt Step, let's go we'll pick one one. Seven thirty PM Friday night at Bobcat Stadium in Salina. Ah yes. And I'm, I'm a man of I'm a man of taste. You are a man of class. As the a top five matchup in four A Division One as the Anna Coyotes visit the Salina Bobcats, the third meeting between these two teams in twelve months. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's your narrative. This game is entirely different from the first two. Correct. Because the first two, there was no doubt, Salina was the favorite, and Anna was the cute story. Mm-hmm. They were the fun story. Oh, man, here's Anna having her best year ever. And, oh, man, look at that, look at this quarterback, Evan Bullock. He's, he's pretty great, right? Yeah. This guy named Breezy Dubar Breezy going Dubar. to Boise State. They're fun. They're about to be humbled. I mean, now they're, they're, they're going to play with the big boys now. Mm-hmm. Going to mm-hmm. play with the big boys. Hadn't beaten, hadn't beaten Salina in 50 years. Correct. Then they hold off and beat him twice. <laughs> beat him twice. <laughs> and the first time they beat him in the regular season in Anna last year, mm-hmm. I remember Bally was there, yep. and Bill Elliott was recorded his pregame speech in the locker room, and he was talking about, we're the big dogs. Yep. A- Anna wants to play with the big dogs. They got to they gotta go through us first. Yep. Well, they did. They did. Twice. Now. Close games. Both close games, games. Very close games. Very close. But Anna won both meetings last year. Now. This year. I don't think there's any doubt who the favorite is. It's got to be Anna. Anna's yeah. got to be the favorite. And and admittedly, and I've been I think I've been on Front Street about this. I had my doubts about Anna coming into sure. this year because they because Bullock and Dubar and all that that lose a D one running back and D, I mean Bullock's at Louisiana uh-huh. Tech, Dubar's at Boise State. Like those are two at the four A level, mm-hmm. two premium players. And it was just a really special senior class. And I'm like, yes. all right, I gotta see him reload. I gotta see him do it again. Three three weeks. Two games, but three weeks. Mm-hmm. Zyandre Williams is the truth. Their defense has been pretty – coming off of a nice shutout of Aubrey. Yes. C.J. Miller, the linebacker, yep. is elite. He's in this and the defense. And w- w- the big question we have is quarterback. And Zyandre Williams – and this is this is where 7-on-7 seven seven comes in here. Mm-hmm. We got to see – we had questions about Anna before 7-on-7. Seven seven. We watched that kid during 7-on-7 seven seven and how he threw the football, and we were like, okay, Anna's going to be fine. Anna's – legit so covering seven all seven helped us because we we felt like we were a little ahead of the curve seeing what anna did last year now or this summer in seven all seven and the defense you mentioned cj miller defense has been very good they'll need to be good because salina salina's putting up numbies yes that offensive line is cooking they're cooking and they're plowing the road for harrison williams and logan gutierrez they are run run running Mm -hmm. they are very good here's the issue that step how much faith do we have in the Salina defense right now? Not a ton. They've been shredded the last two weeks. Yeah. Bishop Lynch two mm-hmm. weeks ago, Salina had to score seventy-seven to beat Bishop Lynch. Yeah. Now yeah, they gave it like forty something. Forty uh, mid forty-four, yeah. I think yeah. forty-four, forty-five, and then last week last week against Prosper Walnut Grove, who they're not playing UIL football yet. They're 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 in a brand new school playing an independent schedule this be, year. And to be clear, they're a solid team. Yes, they're, they're not, solid. They're not lunch meat. But here's the comparable. They lost to Gunner the week before by 40. Yeah. Gunner beat him by 40 the week before. Mm-hmm. A 3AD2. A a an elite 3AD2. But a 3AD2. Yes. So is a 4AD1, and they're supposed to be an elite 4AD1. And they they have to hang on for dear life to beat Walnut Grove by three last week. Did that go to overtime? Didn't go to overtime. Okay. Solana won a regulation. But that raised some red flags for me. Even though, to me, 
Anna is a little hindered right now because Jacob Emmers, their mm-hmm. four-star wide receiver, has not played. He's got a he's got a foot injury. Um, they're expecting him back by district, so he'll, they'll have him back. It's not you know he'll he'll be back, but he's not playing this week. Mm-hmm. That's the one concern I have. But I, I just don't I don't trust this line defense. That's the whole name of the game. Yeah, I wish like I think right now, you know I think I think. Salina's going to get theirs. Like, I think they're going to be able to push, and I think they're going to be able to run the ball pretty decently. I am just not sure how they stop Anna because this is a high-flying, high-powered, well-oiled machine offense. Seth, Seth Parr's offenses are, are, mm-hmm. are generally uh, efficient and dynamic, and Anna is both of those It'll things. be a good one because Salina's not used to being the underdog against Anna. But uh, but I will think, be this week. But I think Anna's at home, and it's in Salina, so in we'll Salina. see. But, but I think Anna's going to do it again, man. I think uh, <coughs> I think for after fifty years, fifty years of frustration, three in a row. they're going to win three in a row. Yeah. So anyway, I'm going to take Anna and Salina. What is your sec- first pick, Matthew? Greg Tepper. Mm-hmm. I'm going to head to the woods, as a great man says, mm. behind the woods. I already know what you're picking. Seven seven o'clock Friday night at Lobo Stadium, home of the best popcorn in Texas. Mm-hmm. The 3-0 Lufkin Panthers visit the 2-1 Longview Lobos in a game that you've seen in person before, and I have not. I've never seen Lufkin and Longview and play in person. You, let me tell you something about Lufkin. I put a Consolidated on Upset Watch on the TexasFootball.com last week. And they delivered. Thank you yeah. very much. Cash it. And you can speak for the atmosphere at a Lufkin-Longview game when both of them are good and both of them are expected to do a lot. Buddy, it is a... Ride. <laughs> yeah. It's a raucous atmosphere. And because it, because part of it, and I know you've been to Lobo Stadium, what you have to understand is, okay, you th- picture a football stadium, and you have the home side, and you have the visitor side. That works, except Longview also takes over, like, half the visitor side, yeah, too. Yeah, uh-huh. So, like, it's feisty. Yeah, it's East Texas uh-huh. and it's fun. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. East Texas football is my f- if I had to pick a region of, mm-hmm. of football, and I love all the regions. I love all of our regions in Texas, but if I, you, had to, you, said, you, you can only watch football in one region of Texas, I think that's right. I'm going to go to East Texas and watch football because the, the combination of the towns and the at talent and the atmosphere is second to none. Um, this is going to be fun because Lufkin's good again. Lufkin's been down for about three, four years. And they're three and zero, and they're 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 excited about their Panthers this year. And why not? They got a Notre Dame committed running back, Keedron Young. The running back is the real deal. Lufkin's getting good quarterback play this year. They're balanced. Young's not having to do it all. The defense is playing well. Young last week, Adam Consolidated was zeroed in on stopping Keedron Young, and they slowed him down for three quarters. And then in the fourth quarter, he hauls off a 91-yard touchdown run, flips that game on its head. Lufkin wins 24-17 over Consol. And I think Lufkin fans are, are excited, and I think this is a team that's going to be in the playoffs this year. I think I was really impressed by their <coughs> defense. Really yeah. impressed to hold it's a them, good Consol to, offense. To, to, hold the deep, to hold your team in it until you can break the big one. That's yeah. really impressive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Longview, you're not gonna get a lot out of their win last week. It was it was a half. They only, they they were awarded the win over Legacy, uh, Tyler Legacy, 28-7. Halftime, the game was called because of the storms. Um, Taylor Tatum had a couple of touchdown runs. DeKalen Reese, this is the thing. Longview's passing game has improved, mm-hmm. and that that was one big question about them. You know, they, they suffered the season opening loss to McKinney, 23-21. But what's been consistent about Longview is their defense has been stout yes. all year. Yes. They've got two of the best safeties in Texas in Willie Nelson, the Oklahoma State commit, Buda Garrett, the Tulsa commit. They, they're they loaded in the secondary. They've got a fast front seven and a good linebacking core. If, if Longview is able to still consistently throw the ball, 
that's just going to make Taylor Tatum in that running game even even more dangerous than it already is. I think Longview wins. I think Lufkin's a playoff team and Lufkin's a good team, but just going to Longview and having to play at Lobo Stadium is a tall order for a Lufkin team that hasn't won a big game in a while. And this is their first real playoff-type atmosphere they're going to play in in a couple of years. Longview wins. Lufkin keeps it close. I, I, I see like a 35-24 Lobo win. I would love to know, and I'm sure somebody – some. I, I know this is knowable. I would love to know the last time Lufkin went to – Longview and got a win. Uh, now the last time they won was 2016. That was in Lufkin. Trying to trying to look in 2014. I was home. No, it's gonna be it's gonna be a while. I mean, mm-hmm. it's been a minute since they went. It's probably I think I, I think I found it. Uh, no, those were both home. Wow. Yeah, it's been it's been uh, at least since 07. Let's see. Um, it was man. Lufkin, Longview went to Lufkin, or, or rather, neutral site. No, they haven't. They have not won in Longview in at least, at least like eighteen years. Wow. It's been a minute yeah. since they've won it's in tough. Longview. It's tough so. to win in Longview. It is it's tough, tough for anybody. I mean, and, yeah. and Lufkin's been in the Lufkin's been in the, in the wilderness for a little bit, but they're back. They are back, and they're they're big. I think I think they can really give them a scare. I think it's going to be a fun game. Get on up with Dark and Bold from Community Coffee. at your local grocery or communitycoffee.com. My second pick, Matthew. Let's go to the Alamo City. 7 o'clock, Friday night in Spring Branch Okay. at Ranger Stadium. How about a tasty District 12 5A Division One opener? How about it? As the Smithson Valley Rangers welcome in the San Antonio Wagner Thunderbirds and... This is, I think there's a real argument that this is the district championship game right out of the chute. Or at least the winner of this game has mm-hmm. got to feel like they're in the driver's seat for the district title, 12 mm-hmm. 5 Division One. Wagner, you remember we were here during the Week 2 show going, man, did you see what Wagner did to Liberty Hill? And mm-hmm. it was impressive. It was really impressive what they did. They hauled off and, 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 and clobbered Liberty Hill only to come kind of crashing back down to earth the next week against Dripping Springs. Now, that's mm-hmm. a 6A, right? You know, they beat a 5A Division two, and then they lost to a 6A. But the flexbone offense for them has run real hot and cold mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. When it's good, it's good. Braden Prassy, William Reynolds, when they're rolling, they're rolling. But it's been fits and starts. At times, they've been great. They're great against Liberty Hill. They were not good against Dripping Springs. They'll need to be on point against Smithson Valley. Their defense, Jackson Maynard and company, been very good. You know they want to let Freddie Dubose cook, get him the ball out in space. Mm-hmm. I There's a lot of pressure riding on this game in a district opener. This is a, There's a lot on the line because you want to win this game. Here's I'm taking Smithson Valley in a close one, and here's why. Since 2006... Smithson Valley, so basically Larry Hill. Larry Hill is 13-2 and two against Wagner. They have dominated Wagner. For some reason, and it must, be Liberty, it must just be Larry Hill, he knows how to diagnose that flexbone offense. Larry Hill's an old-school coach. He's been around for a long time. I'm sure when he, when he came up as a young coach, 
he was still seeing the flex bone quite a bit. So he probably knows a thing or two about slowing that he thing down. He knows a little bit about it, and that's why I think that Smithson Valley wins a bit of a slugfest, maybe in the tw- high 20s. Uh, but I think that Smithton Valley gets the win and takes command of District uh, District 12-5A Division One. I'm I'm a believer in the Rangers. I think they get off on the good foot. I'm excited to, to see this one, but I like Smithton Valley in a close one in 12-5A Division One opener. What is your second pick, Matthew? Let's go back to North Texas, where there's a lot of great games this week. I think I know where you're going. And uh, it's hard to turn this one down. I can't believe this is the uh, fourth game on the board. Uh, my second pick, seven o'clock Friday night in Gunter. As the number three, I believe they're number three, yep. number three ranked Brock Eagles in 3A Division One take on the number two team in 3A Division Two, unbeaten Gunter at 3 0. And this is a <coughs> powerhouse matchup. Brock was the state runner up last year, 3A Division One. Gunner was the state champ in 3A Division Two. And this game was a banger last year, right? It was a close game. Now, Brock came into this game last year 0 3, and we were like, man, is Brock going to go 0 4? And they did. And. A lot of people, for some reason, wrote Brock off. Even though Brock is playing a murderer's row schedule here. Yes. And Brock hauls off wins 11 in a row, plays in a state championship before finishing 11-5 and after they lost to Franklin last year. Uh, Gunner went 15-0, and rolled to a state championship. No notes. Yeah. Other than other than Canadian, no, no one really challenged Gunter last year. And they got challenged in this game. Brock. Took him toe to toe to the wild. It was a low scoring slugfest. Uh, Gunner won a low scoring game last year. I expect a low scoring game this year. Um, Gunner's hard to get a good read on Gunner because they won 16 last year. Gunner's schedule. So they played San Antonio Cornerstone mm-hmm. and they played Trinity Christian Addison last week. Don't have a good reference for either of those Great. two teams. And they played Walnut Grove. And they played Walnut Grove, which would kind of have a reference from Walnut Grove because of how they played Salina last week, but still. So I, I think we're going to find a lot out of, about Gunner this week. I'm I think we're going to so learn a ton. You. I'm so with you. I obviously look. We have Gunner as the number two team in three A Division two, and there's mm-hmm. a. I think there's a real argument. If you want to put him number one, I'm not going to argue with there's you. There's a good much, argument right? to have him number one, certainly. But we also don't know diddly about them right now. Like we really don't because they've just they've just outclassed everyone that they've played, mm-hmm. uh, and that's a credit to Jake Fazell's squad. But this will they will not. Well, let me put it to you this way. I am fair I'm pretty sure they're not going to outclass Brock. And if they do outclass Brock, we'll have a new number 1 on Monday. How about that? Agree. Okay. Yes. That's where we're at with this. Yeah. Uh, you know, Brock, we, I think we have a good idea of where Brock is. They've played 3 4A opponents and lost to Pleasant Grove by 3, beat a good Wichita, not an elite Wichita Falls Hershey team, but a good Wichita Falls Hershey team, beat them by 14. And last week, lose to another top five team in Wimberley by eight. So they played two top five 4A teams and a good 4A team. They beat the good 4A team by two touchdowns, lost the two top five teams by a score. We know where Brock is. I am impressed that Brock got their offense going last week, and that's why I think Brock wins this game on the road. I think Brock's offense is is good enough now to where I think they'll be able to put up enough points in their defenses. We know their defense is going to be there. Yeah, they gave up 35 to Wimberley, <clears throat> but I I don't think Gunner, and that's no shot against Gunner, I don't think Gunner's got as good of an offense man-for-man talent-wise as Wimberley does. Mm. I mean, we're talking about a 4A Division two versus a 3A Division two. I think Brock's defense is going to be able to contain Gunner. I think Brock wins a close one. I'm calling 24-21, 24-22 kind of close game. I would love to know the last time they lost at home. It's probably 2015 now that I'm looking at it. 
I bet it's 2015. For um, Gunner? Yeah. Yeah, probably 2015. Uh, yeah, they went 8-4 and four that year. And, yeah, they yeah they lost to Pottsboro. They lost to Pilot Point at home. Yeah, they, lost, they were a four-loss team. They lost to, yeah, they lost to Pilot Point at home. The last time they lost was the, uh, September 18th. Uh, so it'll be almost it'll be almost eight years to the day that since they last lost at home. Uh, I think it's a fascinating game. Uh, I w- I need to see Brock. I need to see Brock's offense do it twice. I need to see him do it again because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Wimberley. You can make an argument that Wimberley like got up and then they were kind of comfortable easing up a little bit. They off the gas a little bit. Maybe. That's a fair. That's Maybe. fair. So I want to see him do it twice. Walker Overman, I'm telling you, that dude for, for quarter for Gunner, that dude, he's he is small, <laughs> but he's a gamer and he can throw dude, that, he can throw that ball. That dude, I'm sorry, like I get it. He's probably not going to be the number one overall draft pick in the NFL draft, but you want to talk about a baller? He's he he sparks joy. Uh, I'm fa- I think it's a fascinating game. I do think you're right. I think it's a low scoring slugfest. It wouldn't surprise me if Brock won. I am picking against an eight year streak though, so I think it's a it's a great game. It's a good pick. Yeah. That's a steal at fourth pick. Thank you. Value pick there. So that's a that's a defending state champ against a, a defending state runner-up, right? It is. It is. There's only one way for that to be better. <sighs> 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Forest Field in Hawley. <laughs> How about a matchup of two defending state champs, Matthew? Love it. As the Battle of the Big Country, the Albany Lions visit the Hawley Bearcats. In a matchup of defending 2A state champs, Albany the reigning 2A Division II state champs, Holly the reigning 2A Division I state champs. Um, this game last year was the game Holly won, correct? Yeah, Holly won it. Yeah. Holly won, but one of the reasons Holly won, and I'm not making excuses here, but that was like the peak of Albany's injuries. <clears throat> Yeah, this week really and, yeah, the, ne- the next week. Yeah, this week and next week. Chapman were, were, was hurt, quarterback. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They um, were banged up. Yeah, they were pretty banged up. Um, and now, a lot of this game comes down to what you think of Hawley versus Eastland last week. Because for Hawley, the first two weeks offensively were a slog. They were... They're trying to work things out. Keegan Abel's the new uh, the, the the quarterback, Landon Sakura, the running back, working in new pieces. Mm-hmm. Right? They still have those star guys on the outside. Right? They still got Deontay Ramones and Chandler Myers, who they are do. among the best players in two A. They are. But the offense just fits and starts. Lost to Jim Ned. Really struggled against a Lubbock Roosevelt team that is yeah. is fine. Yeah. It's. It's the, I think it's a combination: new quarterback, new running back, yep. and some pieces in the offensive line. And it's just, it's been a little bit of a struggle for Holly early on. All but they're playing good people too. Yeah, they it's are. not like Holly's Jim playing. Jim Ned's now classified as a good loss. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's a state ranked Jim Ned team, and then a classification above them. Albany, uh, week one, they got a scare from Lubbock Trinity Christian. Now I'm here to tell you, Lubbock Trinity Christian, not a bad private school team, but got a scare. Then they've really they've they've turned it they've hit their their stride and offensively they've been humming. Adam Hill is Mister Everything. He does mm-hmm. everything for them. This new quarterback. Do you know the quarterback's name? No. Chip Chambers. Oh, that's awesome. That rock. Dude's rock. We, we've. I, I, I. You. You do the Lord's work on Monday, having the Dude's Rock Award of the Week. You know. You, I'm waiting for him to put up a big game just so I can make Chip Chambers the Dude's yeah. Rock Player of the Week. Um. But 
Adam Hill is is Mr. Consistency. He's everything you want in in kind of a captain. They've got a big time a big time wide receiver on the outside in Casey Fairchild, who's really stepped up. And their defense, which has always been a calling card under Danny Faith, is playing really well. And a lot of this comes down to how much you trust that the Albany or the Holly offense has woken up. Because if last week is fool's gold, Albany's going to win, and Albany might run away with it. Mm-hmm. Like I think Holly's defense will probably hold them in it. Probably, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but like, there's a chance that Albany just shuts them down. That's the real question in this one: is can they find something? Like, did they find something last week offensively? Yeah, I think I think Albany's the favorite in this game. I'm picking Albany to win this game. I'm too. I think Albany jumps out to an early lead, mm-hmm. and then Holly kind of with the depth, they got a little bit a bigger school. I think they, ca- they they make it a game in the second half, but Albany hangs on to that that lead and, and holds them off. I think it's I think it's really interesting, and yeah. and, and another thing uh, that I'm I'm intrigued by is these are two teams that they have that champions advantage where you walk off the bus and maybe you're up three points, you're mm-hmm. up seven points. Not, not so here. here. Not here. Mm-hmm. They ain't scare one another. Mm-hmm. And for you know for two teams that that helped bring the big country glory last year, they get to go at it. What should be a really fun atmosphere there in Holly. It will be. I think it's expected a, a full house. Yeah. Albany and Holly is my third pick. What is your third pick, Matthew? <sighs> a lot of good games here. It's tough to pick. Um, don't take mine. Don't take mine. Don't take mine. I'm going to go to the San Antonio area. Friday night at Linhoff Stadium. State-ranked, unbeaten, Midland Legacy, number 20 in the state. Wraps your back, baby. Takes a long road trip from Midland to San Antonio to take on the 13th-ranked Cibolo Steel Knights. Mm-hmm. And it's time to have a conversation. <laughs> it's, it's a long road trip. And it's just, you know, these are two – there's not a lot of 16 districts in, in Class 6A. And they're like, hey, you want to – I mean, I mean Shirts Clemens is playing Odessa this week. So, I mean, it's just part – right? Of, yeah, Shirts Clemens plays Odessa on Thursday night at Linhoff Stadium. So, it's just – you know, road trips is just part of it when you're when you're only one of only three sixteen districts in class six A. You're wrong. Shirts Clemens. You know oh, Clemens plays Odessa next week. You know who they play? Shirts Clemens. Who's Clemens? So this, is, this is a this is a bona fide. This uh, I don't. This, Laredo United. They play Laredo United. Okay, that's right. And okay. the dudes rock dude of the week. Oh, that's Atzel Chavez. Atzel Chavez yeah, yeah, Jr. Yeah. UTRGV commit. That dude rocks. UTRGV commit. Yeah, he was their first ever commit. Atzel Chavez. Travis Bush's first ever one. commit. He can, he can ball. Anyway, go on. All right. So, uh, middle leg, we talked about middle legacy pre, uh, earlier, in, earlier in the show. Took it down Abilene High, 48-17. Uh, Marcos Davila, the quarterback at Midland Legacy, committed to Purdue, had a huge game, 352 yards, four touchdowns. Damian Johnson, 87 yards rushing, two touchdowns on the ground. He also had a pick six on defense. Midland Legacy is dynamic on offense. Their defense – did a great job containing a really good Abilene offense and holding them to 17 points on the road. I think you saw that you're exactly right about the defense. I think Davila really, really, they, I don't know if they unleashed him or if he just like woke up, but he was awesome last week. Yeah. They've, they've been relying on the, and Abilene's tough to run against mm-hmm. generally. And I think Midland Legacy was like, you know, we're going to have to open these guys up a little bit and throw the ball downfield a little bit. Um, Cibolo Steel was mad last week. They were mad. So the final score against Hutto was fifty-seven to twenty-seven. That game was fifty-seven to seven at one point before Steele took their foot off the gas. Uh, Steele was ready to go, and they were mad. And I think they felt like you know the state kind of crapped on. We did. We we said, hey, Steele lost to Tra- Lake Travis. I don't know if they're for real. We had high hopes for them, and they 
they went out and played a great game. That's a good Hutto team. It's been real snip, snap, snip, snap for them because, like, week one, we were just lavishing them with praise. Week two, they're garbage. And now week three, we're like, they're incredible. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's just they're still young. Yeah. They're very, very talented, but they're, they're very young. And, and I think there are some consistency issues there. But they, they if they put it together, they're, they're as good as anyone. Mm-hmm. And Chad Warner, the junior quarterback, had a big game. Uh, the Book of Warner. Um, he, he's <laughs> – you know he's he's got all kinds of weapons around him. Still hasn't really unleashed the running game yet, and that's that's something. Yeah, I'm just double checking. This score was it was 57 to six. Still put up 57 points in the first half. It was 57 to six at halftime, and again, that's a good Hutto team that still did that too. Warner threw for three touch uh, three touchdowns. He threw for 300. He threw for 321 yards on 11 completions. Mm. So he's averaging over 30 yards of completion. Um, Royal Capel and Jalen Cooper both had a, over 140 yards receiving. Steele hasn't got the running game quite going yet. They're they're rotating a lot of different backs in there. Um, Jonathan Hatton had seven carries. Sam, Samuel Harris had three carries. Jacob Stearns had five carries. They're kind of rotating multiple guys in at running back. I think they haven't found that that combination that works for them yet. They're still trying to find that, but they're they can throw the football, mm-hmm. and they they held a really good Hutto offense in check. Hutto ended up outgaining Steele for the game, but most of that was put up in the second half during garbage time. Yeah, so. I think, I think it's a shootout. I think Midland Legacy will score, but I think, I think being on the road that long – you remember last year Midland Legacy played at Judson, mm-hmm. and they got off the bus, and they were kind of sluggish, and they were down 42 to nothing like in the second quarter and ended up almost coming back and winning. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be like that, but I think like I think Steele's going to run out to a you know 14 to 21-point lead early on and, and kind of cruise to a uh, – I'm going to call it 42-28 Steele wins and, and, and a very comfortable victory for the Knights. I think Legacy's going to do it. Really? You think I, Legacy's going to go to San Antonio? I think they're going to San Antonio come away with a win. If they do that, then they're gonna, they're going to shoot up the rankings. Yes, and then like it, then it's like, let's talk. Now they're D one, and that stinks. You know what I mean? Because yeah, Region one D one is I'm not you, yeah. is not as strong as it has been. Exactly. Because yeah, because District eleven. You know yeah. what I mean? That's where all the champions are. Yeah. So it's so not. A, it's, keep it's, an eye out. I'm a believer, man. There, there's a stat, and and the great Carl Padilla from the Padilla Poll told me about this: that teams that travel more than three hours in non-district, it's like ninety percent they lose. Wow! Like it's crazy. So this interesting. Is, it's an interesting stat, and if so Middle Legacy overcomes that stat along with a really good steel team, that that says something to me. Gonna be fun. Good pick, Matt. Step my fourth pick. Let's go. To Bernie. Okay. Seven o'clock Friday night at Bernie ISD Stadium. It is a really fascinating cross classification matchup between the Bernie Greyhounds welcoming in the Gregory Portland Wildcats. State ranked Gregory Portland. Matt Step, have I told you lately how much I like Gregory Portland? <laughs> this is the drum I'm banging. Okay, okay. Okay. I am in on Gregory Portland. I've been saying it since the preseason. Big, big Brent Davis guy. I am. Brent Davis, we the official stance tap and step. Ball coaching Jack. Yes. He knows what he's doing. Third year there, and they are rolling. Okay? They are. They've looked every bit the part of a state ranked team. And especially like we you know, we talked about it, but you take a look at five A, uh, it's five A division two. Yeah, five A yes. division two, like region four, you're like who are you sure is awesome? Like who mm-hmm. are you sh- mm-hmm. are right now, Liberty Hill or Gregory Portland? 
Gun, sports gun to your head. Liberty Hill, but not by much. Not by much. I'm, okay. Like, I'm, they're in that mix. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they have, I, I think Gregory Portland's the number two team in this region right now. They have done everything that you want, and that includes playing elite defense. Their defense mm-hmm. has been very good. Uh, they beat Victoria East 49-27. I want to say that was there's some there's some window dressing on that one. Yeah, I need to double East. check the game kind of game yeah. management. You know, it's forty nine to seven. Yes, it, it, that's the funny thing about the, look the, these games is a forty nine twenty seven game can be two completely different ball games. Yes. It can be it's forty nine seven going in the fourth quarter, or it can be thirty four twenty seven going into the fourth yes. quarter. You know, it's just one of those things you got to really look at the game flow. But their defense has been very good. Um, they've made plays. They run the ball well, Gabriel Gabriel Juarez, and and another dude's rock candidate, Reed Dooms. Oh, <laughs> their quarterback. what a great name! Reed Dooms. They've been they've been rolling, man. They've looked really good. I, like I think they kind of caught everybody's attention in Week One when they took on Cal Allen, and they just kind of kind of smothered them. You know yeah, what I mean? Twenty five to six. That's yeah. the thing. They smothered them, and that's what they've been doing. Will they be able to smother Bernie? Because we know what Bernie's going to be about. Bernie's going to line up behind that big offensive line. They're going to hand the ball to T.J. Dement, who I think is one of the most underrated running backs in the state, and Hudson Hendricks, and they're going to grind you out. Mm -hmm. They are especially going to grind you out now because they're rolling out a freshman quarterback. Hank Hendricks, shout out to all the Hanks out there, big fan of Hanks. Hank Hendricks, the freshman son of Shea Hendricks, Mm -hmm. is the quarterback. And to be fair, not bad. I think I think as for, as far as a, a quarterback on a, a freshman on a state cha- uh, a reigning state it's finalist freshman, not bad. I think you can see the future. Mm-hmm. Still a freshman. He's still a freshman, and he's going up against Gregory Portland. Going up against Gregory Portland, so they're going to run the ball. You want a little context on the Gregory Portland Victoria East game? Yes. I, I was just curious and looked. Victoria East actually led this game twenty to seven at the end of the first quarter. Whoa! And then Gregory Portland rattled off the final forty two or whatever. Yeah, outscored him forty two to seven in the final yeah. three quarters. So just, that 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 doesn't help much no, actually. No, it's it kind of like, yeah, first quarter was kind of bad. Here's my big question for Bernie because we know what they're going to do. They're certainly going to keep the ball on the ground as much as possible and mm-hmm. try not to mm-hmm. make the freshman quarterback throw too much. How do we feel about the Bernie defense? Because in two games, that was a question Flower Bluff in. and Antonian, you know, decent teams, they've given up 77 points to those two teams. Yeah, and that's been, that was – Bernie lost that great defensive line, mm-hmm. and that's really been the question about the Greyhounds early in the year. Yes. And I think it remains a question that's not answered. It's, it's, if it's answered, it's not good yeah. for Bernie. Now, Bernie's, Bernie's uh, tough to beat at home, and they're gonna, I think they're going to try to shorten the game here. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it's I think Gregory Portland's got to be your favorite in this one. But it's a really interesting measuring uh, measuring stick here. Before Gregory Portland uh, finishes up non district next week with Port Lavaca Calhoun, who's you know interesting little test. Mm-hmm. But this is a really intriguing test, and I think their last real test before they get into non district where they should be heavy favorites until they play Flower Bluff at the at the end of, end of the year. But I am very interested in this one. It's probably the last time we'll talk about Gregory Portland until the playoffs. So I. Maybe the Flower Bluff yeah, game. Flower Bluff game, Maybe. depending on how Flower Bluff goes. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to take Gregory Portland and Bernie. What is your right. fourth pick, Matthew? Let's go out to the big country. Big week in the big country. Big week in the big country. North Texas is big country. Yes. Uh, Friday night in Comanche. Mm. The Snake mm. Farm. 2-1 Toller. Takes a little trip south on 377 into Comanche to take on Joaquin Escobar's Comanche Indians in a cross-classification top 10 matchup. Mm-hmm. This game is – a lot of this headline, the headlines in this game revolve around which players are not playing. So for Toller, 
they are going to be without running back Peyton Brown, who was the heart and soul of their team. So, yeah. So, we, it, we're we on the premium podcast. I don't mind telling you. Yeah. We had uh, their coach, Jeremy Mullins, on the show on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And I had been just doing some reading and stuff like that and getting prepared. Uh, like, you notice Peyton Brown not included in their box scores and in their game stories. Mm-hmm. They've been leaning on other guys. And so, when we got Coach Mullins on the phone, uh, I said, hey, can you ask him if Peyton Brown's playing? Like, what's Peyton Brown's status? And so, Pickle asked him, and he said, he's not playing tonight. That's why he left it at. Mm-hmm. We don't know what his status is, but he didn't play last week. So I have heard he is out for the year. <gasps> oh, no. I have not confirmed that, but that is the word that I got, that he's out for the year. That objectively um, sucks. Yes. That really hurts Toller. Um, I heard it happen in practice. Um, so mm. I hope I'm wrong. I hope you're wrong, too. Hope I am, but that's that's, and I feel pretty good about my source. Okay. It's not anyone in Toller, by the way, but I feel pretty good. Uh, so, yeah, very big loss for Toller. Um, Comanche is without their running back, Sawyer Wilkerson. He's got a sprained ankle, which could be two weeks, could be two months. Mm-hmm. <coughs> you never know what's sprained, high ankle yeah. sprain. Those are, dre- those are the dreaded mm-hmm. dreaded high ankle sprains. So you, you've got an issue with both, both teams, and I think Comanche is just a little more equipped to handle that loss of Peyton Brown, uh, to handle their loss versus Toller being without Peyton Brown. Because um, Comanche's got a Baylor commit they can throw the football to out wide. Kyler Beatty is committed to Baylor and is a stud, and he had two touchdown catches last week. Comanche rolls past early, 57 to nothing. I Toller played a really good private school team in Dallas Christian. And somebody somebody had asked me earlier in the week, what what did I think of Dallas Christian? Like how would I equate them? And I really didn't have a good answer because I, I just don't follow private schools very much. Toss some people who did who do follow private schools. And they they equate Dallas Christian to basically a really good three A division two three A division one like a, th- good, yeah. a good really good three A team. They would be a top ten three A team. Correct. In either I think yeah. in either classification. Yeah, I agree. I think they've got some play, they've got some dudes. They've Speedy Nettles is a playmaker they've yeah. got who is like a, a division one like a D one like they a, got a really like, good quarterback and like high high P five count. Yeah. So. Dallas, Dallas Christian's probably uh, yeah. really if, I think if they were three division one they'd be yeah. the top five top it's just, ten it's teams. just hard to know what to make of that game yeah so and you know not having Peyton Brown is a huge loss he was so such a big part of Toller's offense Comanche's been you, you want to talk about dominance Comanche in their three wins has outscored their opponents and I'm doing some quick math here 164 to 8 okay now seems good that level of competition has not been that great. Uh, Toller is going to be the best team Comanche's faced all year by a factor of about five. Mm-hmm. But I think Comanche is deeper and just a little bit little bit better equipped. I, I think Toller is offensively challenged, and it's going to be a little while before they finally – they were so reliant on Peyton Brown. It's going to take, take a couple more weeks for them to find, kind of find their offensive identity. So I think Comanche at home gets a big win. Okay. I like that. That's a good pick, Matthew. On to our fifth and final picks of the week four draft. And Matt Step, let me make sure I get this right. Oh, yeah. Matt Step, let's go 7 o'clock Friday night at Burton A. Yates Stadium in scenic Willis, America, mm-hmm. with a sneaky 
sneaky yeah. matchup of unbeatens. In the this Houston is hipster area. game territory. And I caught is. it. I caught it, and I was like, I need a good Houston mm-hmm. game. This is to me. This is the best game in the Houston area I think of the week. It's right. And Willis is very fringe Houston area. I think, but to me, Willis, Willis, when you're coming down from Dallas, is the first town in, in, in on 45 that I would consider Houston area. It is the unbeaten Conroe Tigers visiting the unbeaten Willis Wildcats with a K. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Bulldogs with a W in Copper's Cove. Wildcats <laughs> with a K in Willis. Can we talk about Cedric Hardeman's Tigers? Okay. Let me tell you something. I do not like – they're 3-0, and and you're going to look up and down their, their schedule, and you're going to say, ah, Aldi Eisenhower – Conroe, Caney Creek, Katie Paytos, 0 and 3, they're down. Yeah, Paytos really struggling. Bro, their defense is nasty. Yeah. Their defense gets after it, and they have been really, really sound defensively. I'm I'm so excited to see what happens whenever they go up in this game because their defense has been so good. And it, it's one of those things where the offense and the defense work in such a symbiotic way because they mm-hmm. run the ball so well. Uh, Dromeco, is that it? Dromeco Green? I believe so. Yeah, Dromeco Green, he's been really good, and they just – they're. They're just winning ball game. They're playing winning football right now. They're taking care of the football, and they're playing great defense. It's re- it's not that complicated. No, it's it's running game and defense, and they're good at it. Well, here comes a big test with, for your defense. Yes, here comes the Florida commit, and yeah. arguably DJ Lagway is coming to town, or, or, or you're coming to DJ Lagway's town. Arguably the number one quarterback in uh, in our recruiting. In our ranking, he's the number one. He's the number one quarterback in Texas, and he's got playmakers around him too. He's been. Awesome, and they rolled past New Caney last week. They were, and that was a New Caney team that went ten and zero last year. They were rolling last week, and they hung half a hundred on them. Mm-hmm. And they, they, this is a perfect example. Willis is a perfect example of a team that, if you get too caught up in what the superstar is doing, there's plenty of other dudes who are happy to mm-hmm. whip you up and down the field. They're loaded, dude. They are much more than just DJ Lagway. That they got, a, they've got a, a running back, uh, a, a couple of running, back, a couple of junior running back, Dalion Robinson and Terry Lawrence. They mm-hmm. can run the ball, and he's got weapons outside. Got a couple of D one c- recruits out on the, on the outside. Braun Hampton, yeah, Hampton, I is know. a stud. Uh, Jalen Mickens, uh, and then that the, that that Dalion Robinson. They've got they've got dudes on mm-hmm. the outside. This team is loaded now. Their defense, I don't think, has been pushed in any sort of way. And what's going to be interesting is to see how how well they handle getting socked in the mouth. Because mm-hmm. we know what Connor wants to do. Yeah. We're going to line it up. Connor's going to try to slow the game down and, and keep Lagway on the sidelines. Exactly. And yeah. keep him because he's not he, he can't throw touchdown passes or run for touchdowns mm-hmm. if he's if he's got his helmet in his hand. So interesting matchup in, in pace here. Uh I mean I don't want to go too far because I don't want to bury the Woodlands, but like, and Oak Ridge certainly exists, but like, I mean, Oak Ridge has got two guys committed to Georgia on their defense. That'll keep them in, keep you in a lot of games. Certainly will, but there's a, there's a chance. These are the two best teams in the district. It's a discussion. I mean, the early district lead is going to be up for grabs. Absolutely. Probably the team to challenge the Woodlands. Absolutely. So I love this game. Willis and Conroe is my fifth pick. What is your fifth pick, Matthew? I'm going to Central Texas in the Waco area. We get another battle of top ten teams. This one in four A, as unbeaten three and zero Waco Conley. Oh, you're not taking what I thought you were. Traveling to China Spring, heading heading a little bit to the west of town to take on two and one China Spring, uh, the defending four A Division One state champs, ranked third in the four A Division One mm. poll. And uh, if you're Waco Conley, this is your measuring stick right here. 
Waco Conley has been that team that's been in the Waco area. That's been the team that that can't, that's always been talented, and just hasn't been able to get it done. Well, if you want to get it done this year, this is this is a great way to start. And you're taking on the biggest of big boys in Waco and China Spring. And I think if Conley's going to shed the label of underachiever, they're they're, they're going to need to at some point win one of these games. And, you know, yeah, Conley, you know, they, they can blow out Cameron Yo 59-38, and Kiefer Sibley. Kiefer Sibley, two straight weeks, has 300 yards rushing. Freak show. He ran for 391 yards and five touchdowns last week. But they needed that because their defense gave up a lot of points to Yo. Mm-hmm. And they gave up 40 points last week to La Vega. They gave up 38 last week to, to, to Yo. That's not going to cut it against China Springs. China Springs' defense is going to be good enough to get some stops. Mm-hmm. And China Springs is going to be good enough up front to slow you down. You got Kyle Barton, you got Cash McCollum, the UNT commit at quarterback. China Springs is going to score points as well. And I, I think you know they beat Mahia sixty-nine to twenty-seven. Nice. Really wasn't that close. Mahia put a couple touchdowns up late. I think this this test comes down to can Waco Conley's defense get some stops, and can they? step up in one of these big games. I'm not convinced. Conley's as talented as anyone. they got this Jamarian Vincent kid at quarterback DB who had three touchdowns on his own. He picked off a pass in the end zone last week. He's a great player. Individually, Kobe Black. I mean, mentioned Kobe Black, the five-star cornerback who also plays receiver for Conley. Conley's front-line talents is far superior to China Springs' talent, one, two, and three. Mm. The question is going to be players four through 30. That's where China Spring has a huge edge, and that's where China Spring wins this game. I think China Spring pulls away, wins a 17-point game. Just not not bought in on Wiggle Conley just yet. Okay. All right. I, I think you're right. I think China Spring is, is the favorite here, but I think you're right. Connolly certainly has the juice to uh, to make this thing very interesting. So uh, that is uh, that is a good pick there. I thought you were going to go with Martin Centerville. Thought about it. Another interesting game. Thought about it. Uh, also, another interesting game, and I'll, uh, now we're just playing another interesting game. Um, I would like some tickets to Collinsville and Cooper. Collinsville and Cooper is really interesting. Yes. Because uh, Jenkins at the quarterback, Logan Jenkins, quarterback at Collinsville. Put up huge numbers. He's crazy. Mm-hmm. But Cooper but Cooper is not in the business of giving up a whole lot. Because so. those three running backs to get that, that ground up, grounded pound running back. Uh, there is your week four. Running game, actually, not running back. They got three backs. Week week four draft. I took Anna Salina, Smithson Valley, San Antonio Wagner, Albany, and Hawley. Gregory Portland and Bernie, and I took oh Connor and Willis. Step took Longview Lufkin, took Brock Gunner, Midland Legacy, Sybilla Steel, Comanche Toller, and Waco Conley and China Spring. Let's round it all out with our hipster game of the week. Matt Step, what is your hipster game of the week? Well, it's Monday night at five fifteen. I will say there is a <laughs> there is a high school football game finishing up tonight. There is unbeaten San Antonio Madison and unbeaten Ch- San Antonio Churchill are going to finish their game that started Saturday night before bad storms hit San Antonio. Um, they're going to go they're 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 going to play overtime tonight. It's 21-21 and they're about to start the first overtime. Very so, hipster. So if you want to watch that that's not my hipster game. That's just a bonus little a, tonight. Yeah. Um might be over by the time. My hipster game is a 6A game in the Metroplex. Okay. Uh 7 o'clock Friday night. Live on Texan Live. Woo! It's the Waxahachie Indians taking on the Cedar Hill Longhorns. I know exactly why you're doing this game too. This is a game that has. Some, I know your game. This game has some playoff implications. Oh yeah. You're like, wow, district play is just starting this week. I know, I know. But I think this is going to have a. So basically, in eleven to, to frame up eleven six a, you've got Desoto and Duncanville at the top of the district. 
feel pretty safe to say they're both going to be in the playoffs. Right? That's fair. Pretty shocking. Through non-district, I think it's turning out to be a three-horse race for the last two playoff spots. That three-horse race includes Mansfield, Cedar Hill, and Waxahachie. Here's why this is important. If Mansfield and Cedar Hill make the playoffs, then last year's Division II state champion DeSoto goes Division One. <gasps> Audible gasp. So if Waxahachie gets in either you know, over either one of them, there then DeSoto goes back to, like last year. Then DeSoto goes back to Division Two, gets to defend their title. This so any game between that threesome is going to be big mm-hmm. and have playoff implications. And Cedar Hill. They they lost they got blown out by Rockwall. They played South Lake Carroll tough last week, lost thirty one to six, but hung around for a while. And week two they showed they they can they can play. They blew out Arlington Martin thirty three to two. Waxahachie's undefeated, but I don't think we know a ton about Waxahachie. They beat Ennis in the first game of the year by six. Ennis is zero and three in a five A school, mm-hmm. and they blew out Grand Prairie and Arlington Lamar. To I would say below average six A opponents. Correct. Cedar Hill is going to be the best team Waxahachie faced this year, and this game is going to have massive, massive playoff implications. Mm-hmm. If Cedar Hill wins this game, I think the DeSoto to Division One talk really ramps up this mm-hmm. week. So keep an eye on this game Friday night, Texan Live in Cedar Hill, Waxahachie versus Cedar Hill. Huge old rivalry. These two teams played forever when they were both old four A. They were in the same district. Uh, they're, they've grown together, and they're now 6A rivals, and this is a huge, huge game. I'm going to go – I don't think I can go more opposite than that, with the exception of if I did like a six-man private school game. Because <laughs> this is a non-district game. Okay. This is not uh, – there's only implications in that it is one of – I think I tweeted this – 19 matchups of unbeatens okay. in the state of Texas. And Matt Stepp, one of these teams will be 4-0 and when they wake up on <laughs> Saturday morning. After Friday night in Zapata at Hawk Stadium. Zapata, home of our buddy Marco Regalado. The, Z- <laughs> the Zapata Hawks. Mighty Hawks. Welcome in at 3-0. Welcome in the 3-0 Roma Gladiators. Oh, what a rivalry that is on Highway 83 in the Valley. In a game, in a game, the computer has as a pick em. Ooh, I like That's it. That's right. Okay. Now, Roma's off to a 3-0 start. They've uh, they squeaked by Rio Grande City, which is a nice little win there in non in non mm-hmm. play. Squeaked by it, but they've been they've been cruising ever since, and they are going to keep this goal. They are a running team, okay? Oh yeah. Uh, Isaac Lozano is the name to know. He was one of the better running backs in the state last year, but he's got some help too uh, with uh, EDL Garcia and David Ga- uh, David Galen. This team, we know what they're about. They are going to line it up and run it at you. Uh, they are, they're, That's what Roma's done forever. They are they are no frills, uh, and that is exactly what Francisco Villanueva wants to do. They run the slot T, and as we know, the slot T slot is the T devil. is the devil. Taking on Zapata. Okay, Zapata is three and zero. They have looked the part, given up twenty four points all year. Ten is Laredo Cigarroa, right? Mm-hmm. That's a six A, right? Five eighty two. Five eighty two. Fourteen Laredo Martin, and then they shut out Crystal City last week. Okay, and they. Have a they have an offense that is uh, a little bit more balanced. Yeah, Joel Lopez, head coach Joel Lopez likes to throw it around a little bit. And more. quarterback Linda Martinez is a nice little player out there. Got mm-hmm. Andres Gutierrez on the outside. Real clashing styles in this one. One of these teams going to be four and zero and feeling good. This is the final non-district game for Zapata 
before they go into district play because they next week they go to Cal Allen. Yeah. Remember, they're in that weird all the way across the southern yeah. tip of Texas. Yeah. Coastal Bend down to the Valley yeah. District, yeah. So Roma and Zapata has my attention. It. Okay. And uh, keep it on Zapata. I don't know. I know, I know Marco Regalado at Rice will be keeping an eye on it. Did you see, speaking of that district, speaking of district, uh, what's this here, 16481. 16, mm-hmm. Did you see that Kingsville King touchdown we oh, played yeah. on TFT? Oh, that's great. <laughs> the yeah. entire offensive line just yeah, shoving him it. for 40 yards. Coach Ruben Garcia is doing a heck of a job down there at Kingsville. They are. Doing a two great job. I think they're 2-1. They're 2-1, yeah. yeah. Good yeah. stuff. So, anyway, that's my hipster game of the weekend, Zapata and Roma. Uh, where are you going this week, Matthew? Uh, Thursday night, I'll be at Mesquite Memorial Stadium getting some of that Mesquite IST hospitality. Uh, Arling- Arlington taking on Mesquite Horn uh, mm. Thursday night. Friday, right now the plan Friday night is to be in Salina for Anna Salina. My first ever visit to Salina's new stadium. Mm. Never been there. Mm. Been to the old stadium. Mm. Never been to the new one. Nice. Saturday, originally I was just going to have one game. I was going to go to San Antonio Saturday, and I was going to go see Hayes Consolidated and San Antonio MacArthur in a district ball game. I'm still going to see that game, but because of the storms moving Churchill and Madison to Saturday mm-hmm. or to, to tonight to finish, UIL rules say they can't play till Saturday. Correct. So Madison and Roosevelt, who were supposed to play Friday night at Hero Stadium, are now going to play at 11 a.m. Saturday at Hero Stadium. Wow. So a little bonus football for me next, wow. as I get Madison Roosevelt first. Then I'll go check into my hotel and eat something good in San Antonio, and then go to Hayes, Hayes and MacArthur. This is like when you go to the it's like when you go to the ta- when we went to the taco place in the valley and you ordered the bonus hot dog. Yeah, this is bonus. This is you bonus football. This is your bonus hot dog. Yeah, yeah. Now the uh, Madison Roosevelt. If Madison hangs on and wins, mm-hmm. both teams will be three and zero and one and zero in district play. So that Madison yeah. Roosevelt could be a legit. Oh, yeah. Really interesting ball game. It'll, it'll still be a good game because at worst, Madison's two and one playing a three and zero team, mm-hmm. possibly for to stay in the playoff race in that district. So it's going to be a big game Saturday morning at Hero Stadium in San Antonio. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to football too, Matthew. I like football. I like football. We, like you, are valued subscribers. Uh, Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber. Step, thanks for your courage. Thank you. Talk to you next week on Tep and Step.